Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, it is so great to be with you uh, for this last message in our series of What on Earth Am I Here For? Living Your Calling or 40 Days of Purpose. Uh, you know, obviously, our world's been taken by a lot of information in the last week. So I just really want to encourage you again. You may have heard me say last week that uh, the Bennell family are doing this together. And so I think we're up to day four, maybe day five. We're anticipating finishing 40 Days of Purpose in 2062. Now the timeline's been pushed back a bit because of this last week. And I just want to encourage you, let's just, let's continue to do it. It's good food for our soul. Don't worry about the timeline. Don't worry, don't give up because you're only on day 10. You are way ahead of the Bunnell family. Who could have anticipated that when we started this series only a few short weeks ago, that this is how we'd be connecting on this last week of the series through our lounge rooms? Well, you know who did know it? And that's God. God knew exactly what would be happening and he wasn't panicked. You know, Jesus isn't uh, up there right now with God saying, God, what are we going to do about the church? I made a promise. I promised that the church is going to be built and I'm going to build it and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. What are we going to do? That's not happening right now. Because if the gates of hell won't prevail against the church and what Jesus is doing on the earth, then certainly nothing on the earth, no power on earth will be able to stop what Jesus is doing as well. And the church is not the building. The church is the people. You, me, we are sitting wherever we are right now, whether you're in your pyjamas with your cup of tea and toast, whether you've just finished a run this morning and you're sitting on your lounge and you are sweaty and gross, or whether you went, I'm going to church this morning and I'm getting dressed up and you have a full face of makeup on, whatever it is, this morning we are the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against us rising and into everything that we've been called to. So we have confidence this morning. All these promises are yes and amen. So this morning, let's pray and uh, let's head into this last message of the series. I'm excited about the word that Daz is going to bring tonight. Uh, He's really, it's on his heart. It's a word for right now. It's formulated this week in him and uh, and so I'm looking forward to that. But we're really just going to finish this series off this morning and, um, and let's do that after we pray. Lord, we calm ourselves before you. We still ourselves before you. You're faithful. We receive your peace right now, Lord. Lord, you have got everything in hand and under control. You are not panicked. And so we choose not to panic either, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in this series, we've looked at God's five purposes for our lives, that every single one of us is called, that every single one of us has a purpose, that we are not an accident. You know, uh, my oldest daughter, Isabella, that you just saw in church news, was not planned. Um, But not planned by me, planned by God from the beginning of time. He had her in mind and had settled on her as the focus of his love, as Ephesians 1 says. You know, none of us were an accident. We've all been put on earth for this time, for this place, for this purpose, wherever you find yourself. God has a purpose and a calling for you. And that first purpose was simply to be loved by God. That was what we looked at in in the second week, that we're called to be loved. I love this so much because we're not called to do immediately. We're not called to, you know, um, work our our favour up in God's eyes. No, we're just simply called to be loved. How amazing is that, that He loves us. And, and, and that from that base, we can move into every other area of our life, that we are called to be loved and that simply by loving in return, that that is worship. 
And then secondly, that we're called not only to love God and be loved by God, but to love His family and be loved by His family, that we're called to belong. Now you might say, Bron, you've actually just cancelled every point of belonging that we have, uh, but um, it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> but, but no, no, no. I just want to make it really clear. You know, I believe we're coming back from this, um, whatever we call this, this uh, isolation or social distancing or whatever it is, we're coming back stronger. We're coming back um, with our priorities reprioritized, with them realigned and getting some of the stuff out of our lives and moving into greater simplicity in our life. We're actually, we come back um, from the frenzied activity that we're used to knowing uh, into a simpler lifestyle. And that actually, we're coming back from this better than ever, where we're reprioritized and, and we have relationship as more important. We're, we're not so frenzied with activity and, and material things that we're going after, that we actually can come into that place of calmness. We don't need to escape so much. And so people become our priority in our own lives and in the life of, you know, even our society. That's what I'm believing for. We're coming back from this better than ever, more belonging, more connected than ever. Uh, and so um, maybe you're an introvert and you're like, this is like maybe the best thing ever. But, but, but we're coming back to a place where, where things are simpler and we're more connected than ever. Okay, that was the second purpose. The third purpose is that we're called to be- become. You know, you might have been told, you might be of a generation that was told, you can be anything you want to be. False, you can't. <laughs> I will never be an organisational genius. Trish Moore is an organisational genius and I have worked through my jealousy of her in that regard. I'm still kind of getting over the whole glorious hair issue but, but in terms of organisational genius, I'm better off just staying in my lane and not trying to be that, maybe get better all the time, absolutely, but, not, but knowing that I'll never be an organisational genius, not my, not my lane. What is it for you? Uh, you know, um, Daz will never again lead worship, Lord be praised. He had to for a certain season because... Men were the only ones who were called and had the authority to be able to do that. Let's move on. Okay, and so you are able to become um, who God created you to be. That's the best thing that you can become, to become like Jesus and to become who you were created to be, taking off or putting on some blinders just to stay in your lane, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, and stop looking at everyone else as you run. Called to become, called to become like Him and called to become who He has called you to be. And last week we looked at called to bless, that you're not just here to take up space and die, or you're not just here for yourself to amass wealth, to amass materialistic things. No, you're called to bless and that your best life is the blessed life where you are blessing other people and that as you bless others that you yourself are blessed. It's beautiful. It's glorious. It's the best way to live called to bless. And here we come to this afternoon, which is actually this morning, and we come to the last purpose of our 40 days of purpose. We've got this week, we've got connect groups, we've got the book, we've got our contemplative prayer experiences on social media, we've got all that. But our last message of this series is that we are called to be sent. Called to be sent home, you might say. No, (laughs) that's not, that's what we're actually calling for and the government and everyone else at the moment. But we're called to be sent. It's quite ironic that this, the first message of us all being at home is the last message of 40 Days of Purpose, which is called to be sent. How do we reconcile these two things? They seem completely at odds. Well, again, the church is not the building. And a building can never be sent. But people can always be sent. And we're in a world today where we can be sent in different ways than we've ever been able to before. So we're going to look at this. We're going to believe for it this morning. Uh, The fact is, 
is that John 1.1 1, 1 says that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and that the light shone in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And so we are called to shine our light more brightly now than ever before in a world that is fraught with anxiety and panic and fear that in fact we're going to bring our light to the table and say, hey, I've got something to shine. We're called to be sent. So you don't have outlines this morning. And I know so many of you have loved the outlines. I'm sorry that you don't have those in your lounge room this morning. Uh, those people that like to fill in gaps and tick boxes and, and those linear thinkers, you've loved that. I'm going to give you the opportunity right now to grab a pen, grab a notebook. While you're doing that, I'm going to do an interpretive dance just to fill the time. And uh, so come on back when you're ready. Oh, that's good. You're back. You missed the best dance ever. But um, it's sad that you can't go back and replay it because it's live streamed. Okay, number one, write this down. God is gathering a family that will love and live with Him forever. I think that comes up on your screen. God is gathering a family that will love and live with Him forever. You know, every single one of us is created by God. And every single one of us is loved by God. But not every single one of us is in God's family. Because the Bible says that uh, to those who received him and believed in his name, to those he gave the right to be called the sons and daughters of God. That actually a choice is required to believe and receive Jesus in order to become part of the family of God. Every single one of us is created by him, not an accident. Every single one of us loved by him, uh, you know, desired by him to be in relationship but only in that relationship through Jesus Christ. And we become a son or a daughter of God by believing in Jesus Christ. You know, the only way to get into a family is through birth or through adoption. And Scripture uses both of those metaphors, a spiritual rebirth and a spiritual adoption about the family of God. But it happens when we make a choice. Does God draw us? Absolutely, we cannot make that choice without Him drawing us. He draws all of us. And we make a choice. Now, what has been you know, asked ever since the whole the church was born was, well, if God knew that we would make a choice against Him, why would He give us choice? Because the fact is, in order to say yes to God, in order to make a choice to be in relationship with God, we need to be able to say no. Without having the ability to say no, the ability to say yes is actually moot. It's not real. It's like we're, we're just kind of going along and, and in this robotic kind of relationship. But God desired a family. He desired sons and daughters who wanted to be in relationship with Him. So He gives us that choice. And it's incumbent upon us to give others that choice. We receive the choice. And on saying, yes, I want to follow Jesus, then it is up to us to give other people the choice to follow Him. Now, uh, maybe this is the first time you've kind of tuned into church and you're like, um, but, you know, are you talking about like those God-botherers? Like, are you talking about those door knockers? Like, like, I've got all these negative connotations when I think about people who want to go and tell people about the choice that they have. But I, I can guarantee you right now that if you had the cure for coronavirus... You would be getting that word out as quickly and, and as, as enthusiastically and as passionately as you could. You would not be asking, oh, maybe people don't want this. No, no, you'd be making it available for them to make the choice. You would be, you'd be getting that out there every way that you could. You might say, oh, I don't want to bother people. You would bother people if you believed that you had the cure for coronavirus. And in the same way, 
If we truly believe what we say we believe, that in fact we have been given a new life, that in fact we have received freedom, that in fact we have received peace between us and God, that we have in fact received a promise for the next life, that we have in fact received power to live this life, that in fact we live free from guilt and shame and the forgiveness of God dwells in our life. Now I'm not holding that thing back. I want to go and tell people about that. I don't want to coerce anyone. That's not, that's not what I want to do, but I want to persuade as many people as I can. I want to at least give them the choice that I was given. And that is what is given to us to do. We are called to be sent. Now, Romans chapter 10 and verse 13 to 15. Actually, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5 first. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ, and this gave him great pleasure. His unchanging plan. His plan hasn't changed. It's still the same. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 to 15. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I want us to just think about that for a second. Anyone. So anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a promise. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him? Because you don't call on someone to save you if you don't believe in them. You're not flapping around in the ocean calling out for a lifesaver if you don't believe that a lifesaver is able to come and help you. Uh, And how will they believe in Him if they've never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? So for God to gather His family, somebody has to pass on the good news. And this is the the fifth calling of your life. If you're in a paper Bible this morning, circle the word sent as you see it in that scripture. That's the fifth calling of your life. You're called to be sent. This is what the scripture means. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So this means my fifth purpose in life, my fifth calling in life is this. I'm sent to bring others into God's family. Now, maybe I'm strange. Maybe um, it's my background. I don't know. But when I, when I think about I'm sent to bring others into God family, God's family, that can sound a little bit cultish to me. Like uh, we're... No, not you. Good. Okay. But, but regardless, that's what choice is for. Choice is so that people can make a choice about whether or not they want to be a part of God's family, which is simply believing and receiving Jesus Christ. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. Through Christ, God made peace between us and himself. Then God gave us the work of bringing others into peace with him. Go ahead and circle peace and peace in your paper Bible if you've got one there. This morning, this is called the ministry of reconciliation. We receive peace and then we bring that peace to other people. You know, uh, Jesus is walking down the street one day and a, a guy comes up to him and says, Jesus, like, what's the most important commandments in the Bible? And Jesus says, I'll just sum it all up for you. Love God and love others. Have peace between you and God and, and then bring other people into that peace as well. You know, essentially he's talking about our ability to love God and to love other people. But, but then inferred in everything else he says is that we bring other people into that peace with God. It's all about relationships. The, this is his peace plan. John chapter 20, verse 21. Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Peace between us. Now you go and find people to create peace between them and God as well. And again, If you're just watching for the first time, I believe because it was my experience that you know that there's not peace between you and God if you haven't decided to follow Him, if you haven't put your trust in Him, if you haven't believed in Him and accepted Him, you know. And if you have decided 
to accept Jesus Christ. You know the peace that comes that is beyond your understanding about being reconciled to God. Jesus says it like this in John chapter 15, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go. Go ahead and circle go. Part of your appointment, part of your mission is to go. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Now, fruit is a metaphor for, for something that, that goes on and on, that, that, that is productive, that, that outlasts us. And let's, let's just think about the fact that so much of what we do won't last. I think about the series that I get caught on in Netflix. And I can go, I don't even want to tell you how many hours I can go just watching a series on Netflix because they leave you on a cliffhanger. I feel like they do it on purpose. Of course, they do it on purpose. But regardless... You're there and you can spend all that time and you've just spent all that time on something that does not last. And I believe we've been given a unique opportunity in this next season to work on things in ourselves that will last. To actually, you know, I could. I could just spend the whole time streaming content that is not this kind of content. But instead, I'm determined that this will be a time of growth for me. That this will be a time of purpose for me and I am praying the same for you. So Jesus gave us an example to follow. He gave us five things to do as it relates to being sent. And this is what we believe as a church that we're called to do, to do the things that Jesus did. Now, we can't, we can't die on the cross and reconcile all of humanity to, to, to God for those who will choose Him and believe in His name. But we can do these five things that Jesus modelled. Jesus planted a church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And He, he sent a handful of people to start a church, planning a church. He equipped servant leaders. You know, so much of leadership today is about self-centeredness and self-promotion and how many likes and followers I can get. But Jesus equipped servant leaders. And uh, number three, he assisted the poor. Jesus assisted the poor. There are over 2,000 verses in the Bible about looking after the poor. You, I, I don't know if you remember, but but um, Peter, maybe John, they went to the gate, beautiful. And uh, there was a lame guy there and, and he, he was begging. And, and they said, we don't have any silver and gold, but what we do have, we want to give to you. Uh, you know, it, even the early church, Jesus all through his ministry, he cared for the poor. And then the early church went and cared for the poor as well. Not with money, but with what, what, what they really needed. And, um, and, and Jesus doesn't want us to be poor. There's kind of a fallacy that that. God hates rich people or, or that the church um, should be poor in order to be fulfilling the commandments of Jesus. God doesn't want us to be poor, but He wants us to bless the poor. He wants everything that we've been given to be put into use for other people. And if we're just having it for ourselves, then we are not living the blessed life. There's a best life to live in. That is the blessed life that blesses the poor. We are called and commanded to care for the poor and we're committed to that as a church. Uh, number four, Jesus healed the sick. He looked after the sick. Um, it says that he went about towns preaching, teaching and healing. A third of Jesus' ministry was about healthcare. And, uh, and so we want to be those that actually look after people's health as well. And I want to tell you in just a moment the partnerships that we have that do these things. Uh, number five, he educated the next generation. He was interested and cared about the next generation. He said, let the little children come to me. He discipled a bunch of teenagers in order to send them out. And he cared about the next generation. So for us as a church, the things that we're involved in, let me tell you what they are. But first, let me read to you Acts chapter 1, verse 8. 
Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power and then you're going to go all over the world preaching the gospel, bringing the good news and uh, bringing reconciliation. Well, notice there, just go ahead if you've got a paper Bible and circle all the ands, and in Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It doesn't say then. It doesn't say you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and then go to Samaria, and then go to Judea, backwards, then go to the ends of the earth. Now he says, and this is like a simultaneous, wherever you can, whatever you can do. And for us as a church, we have a number of partnerships. We've got partnerships in Sri Lanka, where we're involved in looking after and planting churches in Sri Lanka. We, we partner with the Horizon Project to do work in, in various countries, some that we're not allowed to name, and also eye-openers, where one looks after the, those who have been abandoned by their parents, one looks after people's eyes and, and widows and orphans and, and educates the next generation. Then we have Try Freedom where we look after the most vulnerable in our society. And then we have um, Compassion that we partner with and we promote all the time to educate the next generation to break the cycle of poverty. Uh, I think I've got them all, but jump on our website and have a look if you want to know the partnerships that our churches have. You see, there's a picture of heaven in the Bible that's given um, a bunch of times. And it's where every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every people group, every language is represented. But the problem with that is, is that there's over 3,000 um, people groups in the world today that have not yet heard the good news of Jesus Christ. My nan was passionate about this. Uh, you've heard me talk about my nan. She would pray in the middle of the night, she and my grumpy in bed together without their hearing aids in and, and people that were sleeping over thought they were having a stand-up fight because they were yelling, but actually they were just praying uh, by name for all of us and, and for the things in the earth that they cared about. My nan was passionate about having the Bible as Scripture being able to, to be written in different languages. And we should be passionate about getting the Word of God out to every people group because that's what the Bible says the picture of heaven is. So I want to give you just a few things that you can do, particularly at this time. And so the first one is pray. Pray that people will say yes to God. Pray that people will say yes to God. In Matthew chapter 9, it says this. Jesus said, there are so many people to harvest, but only a few workers to help harvest them. Pray to the Lord who owns the harvest that he will send out more workers to gather his harvest. So we can pray for workers and we can pray that we ourselves would be those workers and we can pray that the harvest would be brought in. Pray that people say yes to God. Number two, give. Give to help others go. You might have preschoolers at home. You might be elderly. You might have commitments. You might not be able to go yourself. So give so that other people can go. And as we just talked about, those partnerships that are available for you to give to. Uh, John chapter 1 verse 8 says, we must support believers who go on trips like this so we can work together with them in spreading the truth. And then Matthew 10 8 says, freely you have received, freely give. Number three, step out. I can step out in faith. Thinking about you watching this right now, you know, it's never been easier to invite someone to church. <laughs> you just share a link and say, hey, I'm going to be doing this 10 o'clock, 6 o'clock on Sunday. I'd love you to tune in. Why not go ahead and just share it right now? Share it with your text group. Share it with the people that you work with. So this is how I'm staying connected. This is how I'm staying hopeful and full of faith during this time. It's never been easier. And there's going to come a time, and there is still a time, 
where we need to step out for our neighbours, where we need to step out for the vulnerable in society, where we need to step out for our workmates and step out in faith. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8 says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? That sent word again. Who will go for us? And I said to the Lord, Here I am, send me. That's a prayer that you can pray every day of your life. Here I am, Lord, send me. Let me be available. Let me take the opportunities that you've got for me. This is the attitude that we want to have, the attitude of King David in Psalm 67. Send us around the world with the news of your saving power and your eternal plan for all mankind. Come on. Number four, go where I can now. Go where I can now. Luke chapter 8, 39 says, Jesus said, this is a man who's just been healed. Jesus said, you go back home. And tell people how much God has done for you. So the man went all over town telling how much Jesus had done for him. So we've got to do. Just tell people what Jesus has done for us. Oh, well, what do you think about the theology of eschatology? I don't even know if that's a phrase. Um, but, but we don't need to know all that. We just need to know what Jesus has done for us. And then we go around everywhere that we can and share that. 2 Timothy 4.15 says this, Work at bringing others to Christ. That's our memory verse for this week. Work at bringing others to Christ. It's a short and sweet one for our last one. Daz has cringed every single time I've said memory verse. I don't care. This is our memory verse. Work at bringing others to Christ. Let's do it together. Work at bringing others to Christ. I'm going to keep going till every single one of you say it. Work at bringing others to Christ. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. So we're just about to wrap up and there's an item coming But I want you to think about this for a moment. Imagine if we all got a hold of this concept that we're called to be sent. Imagine in this time of fear and anxiety and in this time of uncertainty, people wondering about their family, people who who, who are far away, people are wondering about their future, people wondering about their financial security, that at this time that they could understand faith and that actually see a peace that passes all understanding that actually they could see a people who are living differently because you know what? We can undo all the work of being sent when we actually um, live in a way that is the same, that we whinge and complain, that we are difficult to deal with. That can undermine every single part of, of our work of being sent. But if we can be different, if you this morning can live with His peace, if you can live full of faith, if you can live knowing that God has got this because He does, then that speaks volumes. And then when you open your mouth to tell people what Jesus has done in your life, it carries weight. It carries real real weight. You know, we can live with an attitude of, holy heck, what's going on here? Or we can live with an attitude of, God, what are you up to? And how do you want me to be a part of this at this time? Because we are called to be sent. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to go straight to uh, Chrissy and Laws are going to bring us this item. And this item is so powerful and so beautiful. It's a song that's going around the world at the moment and they're going to sing it over you there at home. They're going to sing it believing that you are going to receive a blessing here this morning. And they're going to sing it full of faith. And And I really ask that you would receive it in faith as well. But before they sing that, I just want to give an opportunity, you know, it's a, a message that maybe you weren't anticipating this morning. But maybe there's been things about it that could ring true. You're like, yeah, I see people who have a relationship with Jesus. And I I see that there is something different about them. And I pray that there would be. And so in your lounge room today, anyone who actually does have a relationship with Jesus, I ask that you be praying right now 
for people who might want to make a decision this morning to follow Him. And I want to pray for you this morning, if that's you, that you want to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, that you want to put peace between you and God, that you want to have a promise that outlasts this life and that you want to have the power to live the kind of life that Jesus wants you to live right now. I'm going to pray a prayer and and you just pray it in your own words or just say amen at the end, but from the bottom of your heart, because that means I agree. And you can start your relationship with Jesus right now. Lord Jesus, you see us wherever we are. And Lord, we thank you that you died on the cross for us. Jesus, it says in your word that we need to receive you and believe in you. Lord, so many of us have done the believing without the receiving. And so this morning, we receive you, Lord Jesus. Show us how to live this life following you and surrendered to you. Forgive us of our sins and take our guilt and our shame away and let us live the abundant life that you have promised us, the life that is lived and spent with the purposes that we've talked about over these weeks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm just going to pray for you, church. Lord, I pray that every single one of us would feel the call to be sent. That, Lord, our prayer would be, here am I, send me every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.